Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. Hello, dear friends. I'm so glad that we can dive into the Word of God again today. And I trust that the Lord will minister to you as I minister His wonderful Word. And we're going to go straight to the story that we can read in 1 Kings chapter 3, from verse 16 on to verse 28. Now, I'm not going to read it exactly as in the Bible, but I'm going to tell it a little bit in my own wording. If you want to read it exactly as it is written down, then please go to 1 Kings chapter 3 from verse 16 on. It's a very famous story, and there is so much food for thought in this story. It talks about King Solomon. He prayed God for wisdom and especially also discernment, what is good, what is bad. And he needed this to lead the people of God as he just had become king. Well, a moment after that prayer, two women came to the king. They were prostitutes. And the first woman started to talk. She said, King, not so long ago, I gave birth to a little beautiful boy. And three days later, this woman that is here with me also gave birth also to a little boy. We are living in the same house together, just the two of us. But that night, after that woman had given birth to her little boy, in her sleep, she turned around and she laid on top of the child and the child suffocated and died. But King, this is what this woman did. In the middle of the night, she got up. And she took my living son and brought it to her room, and she put her dead son in my arms in my bed as I was sleeping, and I didn't notice a thing. Well, that second woman immediately came into that conversation, and she said, that's not true, that's not true. The living child is mine. And the dead child is yours. You laid on your child. You suffocated your own son, not me. No, that's not the way the story goes. The living child is mine, the first woman said again. And they started fussing and fighting in front of King Solomon. Well, King Solomon, he got up from his throne and he hushed the women to be silent. And he said, well, let's look at the facts now. Both of you say that you gave birth to a little boy. Both of you say that the living child is yours and the dead child is the others. What shall we do about this? Who of you is speaking the truth? Who is evil in their heart doing something terrible by exchanging their dead child with the living child? Well, how will we ever find out the truth? But I know what to do. And he shouted to his servant, he said, bring me a sword. And the servant came with a big sword. And he said, now take that living child and cut it in half and give both of the women a part of the child so they will each have a part of that living child. That real mother who knew that the child was hers, the one that had spoken firstly, when she heard what the king spoke about cutting the child in half, Oh, it was like the knife went through her own heart and she shouted out and said, No, king, no, you cannot do that. Don't cut 
my living child in half. Don't cut that child in half. No. Oh, if this is the case, if this is your ruling, then then please don't cut the child in half, but keep it alive at all costs. Keep it alive and give her, the other woman, the child that the child may at least live. Well, the other woman who had a hardened heart, who was bitter because of the death of her own child, shouted out and said, No, cut the child in half. If I don't get a part of the child, if I don't get the child, then don't let her have the child either. Just cut it in half. Do as you said, O great king. And the king arose again from his throne, and he said, That is the real mother, the first woman who spoke. She could not dare to see the child cut in half. That was spoken out of a true mother's heart. That was spoken out of someone who is speaking about her own flesh, her own child, her own living soul that she gave birth to. So don't cut the child in half, but give it to that first woman because the child is hers. Well, When that ruling had come, everybody that was there in that throne room was so amazed about how the king discerned which woman was speaking the truth and which woman was lying. And the rumor of this ruling went out throughout all of the land that King Solomon had such wisdom and that he was able to discern good from bad and bad from good. And it went throughout all of the land that King Solomon had received wisdom from God to have understanding and knowledge, to be able to discern good from bad and bad from good. Oh, it was a wonderful thing what we read in this story. You know, when I read this story not so long ago, it really touched my heart. Because as I was reading it, I was thinking of the Church of Jesus Christ, the body, the living body. We are not just part of a a sporting team or a social club. We are part of a living body, the body of Christ, the Church of Jesus Christ. It is not man's invention. It is God's design and plan. He brought us together. In Christ, he brought us together in that one name. He brought us together through that one blood, and he placed us into his body, the body of his son, his son being the head of all. Oh, this is a mystery. This is a wonderful thing. I am so thankful. I'm so happy. I'm so privileged that I am a part of the body of Jesus Christ. It gives such a covering. It gives such a blessing to have fellowship together with my brothers and my sisters, to be one with them through Christ, as Christ is one with the Father, and we are one with him, so we are also one with each other. And we, of course, celebrate that, especially when we celebrate Holy Communion and we take the bread together, and we drink the wine together. Oh, that makes us feel so intimate with each other. We know that we are one with him, and we are one with each other, and it is a blessing, and it is a privilege, and it is something special, something that the Lord ordained, and you need to be part of a living body. Oh, I want to tell you, it is so important that people will go back to church and take their position and their place in church. Oh, not long ago, 
I was speaking to someone and he told me, oh, John, yes, when you just come to become a child of God, that's when you, you need a shepherd in your life. But later on, as you have matured, you don't need a shepherd anymore. You just need a good teacher in your life. And that was his whole mind. Well, I think he got all puffed up with that knowledge. And now he feels he can be his own shepherd and he doesn't need a shepherd anymore. He just needs teachers. And well, you can find a lot of teachers on internet and you can find a lot of teachers in books and that's all good and well. And I'm glad it's all there and available. But I tell you, my dear friend, you need to be part of a living body. There is, of course, the body of Christ all over the world. And together with all the different churches, even if we don't always agree together, yet we are in one body together. And that is the worldwide body of Jesus Christ. But I don't just belong to a worldwide body, as some people say. And in actuality, they don't belong to any body because they are their own shepherd and they don't go to any church. I just want to make a side note here. Some are not able to go to a church, maybe physically or maybe in their nation where they are. It's not possible for them to go to a church, a good church. But in all other situations, I want to tell you, you need to find a good church. You need to find a church that believes the truth, that preaches the truth, that preaches the cross of Jesus Christ and the story of redemption, and that believes also in repentance and in a holy life, living a holy life through the Holy Spirit, that believes in evangelism. Oh, I love to evangelize. I tell you, I'm always doing the work of an evangelist going around the world, but I'm also a local pastor, and I have heart for the church, and I believe in the local body of Jesus Christ. And it's important to have that local body. If I go to some nation, and as an evangelist, I've traveled to over 90 nations to preach the gospel, but I've always worked together with the local church. And the goal and the purpose of the crusade or campaign or conference was always to reach people that are lost and to bring them together into a local church. They need to go to a local church. We have seen that the success rate is so much higher if you work together with a local church and if people become part of a local church. If they don't become part of a local church and just hear the gospel once or twice, well, it can touch their life. It can impact them. Yes, it can bring a born-again manifestation in their life. But on the other hand, if they do not become part of a local church, we have seen that many of them do not make it on the long run. You need to become part of a local church. And the local church is also the place where you grow and where you mature and where you learn your lessons and where you serve God by serving each other. Well, there's so many things to say about the local church. I will not go into all these things now. I just want to stress the importance of belonging to a church. And so many people have gone into such strange doctrines because now they are their own masters, they are their own shepherds, and they have all the teachers around them that they want, that they listen to, and they've been brought into such strange doctrines. You need to come to a good local church, a church that is there, that is solid, that has been proven through time to be a church of God, to be a church of the living Christ. And you are part of that body and you need to take your place there. 
we find these different stories in the Bible. It's a body, the Bible says, and we are all members of that body. And the hand cannot be there one week and be in another church the next week and in another church the week after. What good is that hand for? You need to have it in that body. You need to be able to count on that member. Well, so it is important. It's just like a building. We are living stones, the Bible says. And Jesus Christ is the foundation. And if you want to be part of a building, what good is it if you're there one week and we continue building the wall and the next week you're gone because you've seen the cloud move because now you feel to go somewhere else. And now there's a hole in that wall. That's not supposed to be that way. Let the Holy Spirit lead you to a spirit-filled gospel-preaching church. And when you walk into that church, well, you can have your list of all the things that you think the church should do and should have. But at the end, it's the Holy Spirit that speaks to your heart and confirms and says, this is the house that I'm planting you. This is the place where you will be blessed and where you will be a blessing. So it's important Well, Solomon, he had asked for wisdom. Before this, he already had a measure of wisdom. We can see it in the way that he deals with the enemies of his father. But he was also lacking wisdom. He was lacking discernment. And we can see that in the fact that he made a covenant with the king of Egypt and he married the daughter of the king of Egypt. That was not so wise. And that's something that brought him in problems even later in life. But but. The discernment was lacking there. And so when God appears to him and says, Solomon, you can ask whatever you want, whatever you want, and you will have it. Oh, so many people would have asked for riches. So many people would have asked for deliverance of their enemies. But Solomon, he said, oh, God, you've been so good to my father. And you're still good to him now by giving him a son who is sitting on the throne but I feel like a a child. I just don't know what to do. Your nation, your people, there's such a multitude of people there. I cannot even count them all. How can I lead them all? I need wisdom and I need discernment that I can lead them in the proper way, in the way that you want your people to be led. And the Lord said, after he spoke those words, well, because you asked this, because you didn't ask for riches and other things, I will give you what you asked for, but I will also give you riches and I will also deliver you from your enemies. It was a good thing to ask and God gave it. And then immediately after this experience that he met with the Lord, we read this story about these two women, these two women who were prostitutes. The Bible makes a note of it that these two women were prostitutes and it gives hope to me. I mean, two prostitutes are able to come to the throne of the king to plead their case. Well, that is something that gives me such hope and it gives me inspiration that me and you and whoever you are and whatever is your background and whatever has happened in your life, we can go to the king and plead our case. Because our king, the king of kings, I'm talking about the Lord of glory, the Lord of lords, We can come to him and plead our case. It says they were living together in one house. That gave the opportunity for that woman who had evil in her heart to do evil to the other woman. You must be very careful 
with whom you will live in one house, whom you will allow to live in your house, who you will allow to enter your house, with whom you will have close and intimate fellowship. It's very important that the Lord will lead you in these things because else you might end up with someone in your house who will do evil and the Lord knows the future so he could protect you from this if you would ask him who to unite with. This is an important point that I read in this story. They were living in one house. Well, because of their profession, I will say it in that way, they were, of course, very good liars. Prostitutes, they need to know how to lie. It is very important. Or as they talk to the men, oh, you are the only one for me. You are the most handsome man I know. I will give myself only to you. And the men believe it. Well, they know how to lie. And so this was a very good test case for Solomon to find out if he truly had that divine discernment between good and, and bad, or if he just had some human discernment. These women knew how to lie, and they were talking both to the king in such a way that who would know who is speaking the truth? But Solomon, he had received wisdom from above, and the Lord, through the Spirit of God, gave him something to do with that sword. And that's, who would have thought of this? Who would have dared to do this? But the Lord put it in his heart and gave it in such a way that it revealed to him who was speaking the truth, who was lying, who was good, who was evil, whom he should give justice and whom he should give nothing at all. And so this was a divine wisdom, a divine discernment that he had received. And this test case proved it to him and to all the people. I like that. The one woman, she cried out and she said, Cut it in half. What do I care? If I don't have the child, then I won't allow her to have the child. Well, I must make a side note again here. That woman had had a terrible experience. She gave birth to a boy, and that night she laid upon her own child and suffocated her own child. I mean, that was a painful experience. I must say this in her defense. But yet, even though I understand that she was hurting, that hurt became such a bitterness and such a hatred and anger that she wanted to pull that living child in her misery. She wanted to pull that other woman in her misery and in her suffering. Oh, she didn't care if the whole world would die in her suffering because she had suffered so much. Well, her suffering did not justify her from doing such evil thing. And maybe you have suffered in church Maybe someone has been dishonest to you. Maybe the pastor has not been so sweet and so nice to you. That doesn't mean you're always the right party. Maybe he is right in doing so. Maybe he did it in a wrong way. Maybe he had no right to do it. Maybe you are truly suffering because something happened to you that was not your fault at all. Maybe it was all your fault to your mistake. I don't know. I don't really care. But your suffering and your pain, and when I say I don't care, I mean it does not change that your suffering does not justify you for cutting up the body of Christ. Your suffering does not justify you from bringing other people down with you in your misery. Instead of pulling the whole world down in your misery because you're hurting, because you're angry, because you are bitter, go to your knees and cry to the Lord and say, Lord, you've seen what happened to me. 
My child has died. I'm hurting. There is pain. There is suffering here. But Lord, I will not allow this pain to destroy the whole world around me, through me. I will surrender it to you, but I need your healing. I need a touch of your love. I need deliverance of this pain and of these evil thoughts that have come into my mind to do so and so and so. But that woman, she was not like that. She put the dead child, her dead child, in the arms of that other woman and brought suffering upon others. And so many people in church have brought suffering and pain upon others. The core of it is because they have been suffering and hurting. But instead of bringing it to the Lord, they have brought it upon others. Oh, my dear friend, if you are suffering and maybe you are so right that you are suffering, and maybe it has been so unfair to you. Oh, but please, my dear friend, my brother, my sister in the Lord, bring your suffering heart to the Lord. Bring it to him and let him cleanse that wound. Let him heal you. And don't do these things that maybe are coming in your mind. It's the pain that is speaking. It's the bitterness that is speaking. It's the hatred that is speaking. But if you will go on that path, you will destroy the body of Christ and you will be punished for it because God will not allow you, even though you have that excuse of your suffering, he will not allow it that you will rip the body of his son apart. You will pay the price for it. And I don't want you to suffer even more and suffer in eternity because you hurt the body of Christ. Say, oh Lord, let it stop with me. Let it die in me. And Lord, you will make me part of your body and you will bless me and heal me and bring blessings to my life. Oh Lord, I pray it in Jesus' name. Well, that other woman, and I'll finish with that point. Oh, when she heard that the body would be ripped into, would be cut into, oh, immediately it was a natural response. She felt that knife go through her own heart as he spoke these words, and she cried out, No, no, don't do it. It was because the body was her body. It was flesh of her flesh, blood of her blood. She felt that pain. It was hers. And I pray that you will have a heart like this woman for the church of Jesus Christ. Some people don't have a heart like this for the body of Christ. Oh, they don't care. They say, rip it apart, pull it apart. What do I care? What do I care? I'll go to another church. I'll go to another ministry. Well, they have never been really a part of the body of Christ. If you were flesh with the flesh of the body of Christ, if you are one with the body of Christ, all things that will come to the body to hurt it, to cut it apart or rip it apart, you will cry out and say, no, don't hurt the body of Christ. And my friend, I pray that you are such a part, such a member of the body of Christ, that you have such a heart for the body of Christ. Oh, you will feel one with it as you are one with the Lord. And you will cry out and say, no, Lord. Oh, don't let anybody hurt that body and be an intercessor for the body of Christ and never do anything to damage or hurt the body of Christ. Oh, if you will have such an attitude, it will bless you and you will be a builder and build up the body instead of someone who tears down the body and the Lord will bless you 
and he will bless your seed, and he will give you an inheritance, and he will bless you in heaven in eternity for all that you have done for the body of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray right now for my listeners, oh, that they will be part of a local church body and work from that body. Maybe some are going through a difficult time. Maybe there are pastors and elders and deacons listening right now, and maybe they are hurting because of all the things that have happened inside the body of Christ. But Lord, it's not their body, it's your body. And I pray right now that your healing will go out to them. Heal their mind, heal their heart, heal their marriage, heal their family, heal their body, Lord. Bless them right now as they are standing one with the body of Christ. Lord, give them wisdom as you gave Solomon wisdom, and give them discernment, as you gave Solomon discernment, that there will be a blessing in your body and a builder of your body. And I know, Lord, you will touch them and help them to make it all the way to the end. Bless them. Lord, make them part of that body. Lord, unite that body of Christ. Bless that church. And Lord, let that church be a pillar of light and of life in society today. Let them be a twinkling star in the midst of all the darkness that is around us. And may souls be added to your kingdom today. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com.